Almost every service, one of the elders now, he would have to pray for me. And I would never tell anyone that I was sinning because I knew, I was like, if they find out, I'm going to be sat down and I'm tired of being sat down. Like, I'm tired of going through this. And so then I would always tell myself and tell Joel, I'm like, maybe we should just take a break. Maybe we should just stop, you know, chill out. But it was like my desires overcame me every single time. And I couldn't bear the thought of not being with him. And so then I compromised. And so... Throughout the week, I'd be having sex, and then on the weekends, I'd be leading worship. I was raised in a church family home, I guess you could say. Uh, my family is Pentecost or Pentecostal. 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 And um, my whole life, like, I was even dedicated to the church. Um, but it was very religious, so we would go to church but because of my parents divorce we didn't speak spanish hmm. um and so we would go to a spanish church but we wouldn't understand a thing we would kind of just be going there so growing up it was just very shallow i didn't have a relationship with the lord i got baptized at 13 but because of the protocol at church i really wanted to sing because i'm a worship leader hmm. and so the protocol was if you get baptized, then you can sing. So I got baptized at 13. And I was like, yeah, I felt the Lord tell me to get baptized because I want to sing. And so I got baptized, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Hmm. And so then it wasn't until I got to college after high school. I was still going to church my whole life, but it wasn't until like 18 where I started like studying and getting to know Jesus for myself. Yeah. Um, can you share with us some of your experiences? You have a, a past with trauma in your in your life. Can you just share what happened and, and how even going to church affected all of this? Like how, how that dynamic went about experiencing trauma in your household and then being in church? Yeah, so it's all very meshed together. Um, I was molested when I was six or seven. They were doing renovations in our home. And at that point, my parents were already split up. So my dad was renovating the home, but he wasn't living with us. And so he's renovating the master bedroom where my sister is sleeping and the construction worker that molested me, he was grooming me. So basically, like, he was very nice to me daily. We, he was there probably like two weeks. So every day he was very nice to me. And there was one day where I went to lunch with my mom and my sister, and then I come back home. And I go into the bedroom to kind of just swing on the the closet rods because that's what you would do as a yeah. child. And um, just like I was just there and he was there painting on the wall. And he was like, hey, where were you? And I was like, I was eating lunch, you know, with my mom and my sister, super innocent. And he's like, you didn't bring me anything? And I was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, oh, well, then just, you know, come and sit on my lap. I was like, okay, you know, me innocent thinking that he was just going to hug me or something. Um, he he sat me on his lap and then he started putting his hands in my pants. And then I like gasped. I was like, <gasps> and I removed my hand and I, I instantly like went to go hide. Oh my God. And so as I went to go hide, I remember later on that day in the bedroom where he was renovating, there was a bathroom. 
and in that in the bathroom was a window to the front porch, and so all the workers would go and eat lunch there. And I remember I was hiding, and I went out to go like kind of be like, "Where's this guy? I don't feel safe." And he was outside, and he was actually facing the window, and I remember like him looking at me. He's like, like, like me go to you, and I was like, no. And I remember I hit again, and so I never told anyone of that whole thing. I kind of just kept it to myself, and then just with um, my parents' divorce and my dad not being in our family, um, it just left a big void because. On top of that, keeping my secret, my dad wasn't there. And so when he would come visit us with like child support and all of that, child visits, um, he would be fighting with my mom. And so it was just very traumatic just growing up because it, nothing was stable, nothing was steady. There, w there was a, my dad there consistently and then no one there to really protect me. So then, um, <clears throat> I started like, I guess, seeking attention from other guys. I remember, like, middle school, I would fall in love, like, so deep, and I would, like, dream of them, and mm. it would be crazy to the point where I would be sending them letters, like, hey, do you like me? Do you want to date me? And it was nothing. Like, it would never be like that. And so once I got to high school, it got even harder because of all the trauma within my family. There was just a bad rep because of my family and, and school and what things had happened. And so when I got to school, I had a reputation of like being almost like a prude hoe because I would like lure guys in and, and say I would do things, but I never did anything. Mm. And also just things of what family has done in school and stuff. And so it was just very hard because I never fit in. I always wanted a guy. And then they would be there, and then they wouldn't be there. So, hmm. did you have any conversations with, like, with your mom about about any of these things that were happening? No, never. I didn't. I didn't know how to share it at all. Really, I thought it was my fault. If anything, so was your go-to just to keep it all in, or was there family members maybe, or nobody? Nobody. So when when did you start to share about this? I shared it once. So when that happened, we were living in um, Annandale. That's where I was born and raised. And then once I moved to Manassas, we had moved. I had just turned fifteen, and it was we were having uh, lunch in the in the dining room of the house that we were having, and we were talking about just family issues, like family like issues with my dad and like my mom, and my mom was there. And then I remember I just came out with it with my to my sisters and my mom and I was like, Oh yeah, I was molested. Hmm. And they're like, What? And I was like, Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. And that was that? That was that. They didn't ask her anything? No, they're just kinda like that happened. I was like, Yeah. Hmm. How did did that make you feel any type of way that they didn't ask or say anything? No, because growing up, I was always like, it's okay, I can defend myself. No. Yeah. So how did you start coming uh, into relationship with Jesus? Um, so I was going to community college, and I had met this guy where he did like a, a Bible group 
almost like a church campus or ministry thing. And so he was like an apologetic, like he would read the Bible and like just go like study so deeply. And I was like, oh, like I want to be like that. And so he actually like was teaching me, like he would come over to our house and like he would read the Bible and I would ask him questions. And then even then, like he t- he actually for the first time I've ever heard anyone sing the scriptures. And so then I was like, oh, and he he played the guitar. And so like, he really like, in, or like instilled that like, oh, I can do that. Like I can sing the scriptures. I can read this word and be like that. And so that's when I really started. He encouraged me to read John. That was the first thing to read. And I was like, okay. And so I remember I was reading it in my living room, like on on the couch, just laying down with my, NIV Bible <laughs> and like folded and I wanted to like I just wanted to study and I remember I read it and I was just crying because I was like I never knew this about Jesus like yeah. I didn't know he this is why he died like everyone was you know Easter Sunday growing up in church like you right. know resurrection everything but I didn't know it for myself until I read the Bible hmm. tell us a little bit more about how you because uh, obviously you're leading worship today at a church but how did your relationship develop from there after i turned 18 i had graduated high school and i was dating this guy i thought i was going to marry him but it didn't end up happening and i actually lost my virginity to him Hmm. but back then i didn't know so much about conviction as much as i do now and so like whenever we would you know have sex uh, i would get convicted I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm never going to do this again. But I didn't really understand that. And that happened for about almost four years of just kind of going through that. And just even um, my ex, he had this brother-in-law who was my mentor, I guess. And he was a worship leader, too. And so he was like, you know, you can't be doing that. But he was much more legalistic. And Mm. so it was just I was getting to know Jesus. But at the same time, I was still stuck in my own sin. And so it wasn't until we broke up and just dealt with undealt depression and and anxiety. And I even growing up, like I had binge anorexia and anger issues, like I had anger therapy. And so like all of that was just like pushed down. It wasn't dealt with. And so what is is binge anorexia? So like anorexia is like when you starve yourself because you feel like you're fat. Right. Binge anorexia is... You feel like you're fat, and so for a couple of days or hours, you won't eat until you're like, okay, you know, I feel good enough. And then you'll start eating again, and then you're like, wait, I'm gaining weight again, so I'll stop eating. Mm. So how did you come out of that, or how long did that go for? That was a long time. It became so normal, like part of my life, that it didn't really stop until I came to like full deliverance and to Nova Hub Church. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about going through deliverance and, and what led you to that? Yeah, so after me and my ex that dated for like three and a half years, we broke up. There was like three weeks that we broke up right after the breakup where I was just like crying, super depressed, and I actually started starving myself again. I was like, mm. I'm ugly. Like, he never told me why we broke up. And so I'm like, you know, like, God, like, just put us back together. Like, why would you do this? Like, everyone leaves. No one's consistent. And then I switched my question. Instead of saying why, God, I said, what? What do you want me to do? 
And so my brother, actually, he was going, he was going to house at Antioch at the time. And I was, and I was still trying to find a church. And so it was like in transition between churches. And so I eventually, um, Jordan, Prophet Jordan, he had a conference, Supernatural Millennials. And so then that's where I actually started my deliverance process. Um, one of the guys that were preaching, um, he called me up and he was like, every spirit of suicide come out. And I just remember just screaming mm -hmm. and just going to the ground. And so then after that couple weeks passed, and then I go to Starbucks and I find my brother and Prophet Jordan there. And then Jordan starts discerning me and basically reading my life. And I start manifesting at Starbucks. Wow. I'm what, like, when you say manifesting, what did that look like for you? Because of the anger and depression, like I just remember I'm sitting there at Starbucks and I'm just like, like my fists are so tight and I'm just like, like breathing so deeply crying. And I do remember like, people started turning around to look at me and mind you like we're in the corner like I'm like oh my god and so I remember Jordan he's like okay I'm gonna pray for you and then next weekend we're gonna go we're gonna, I'm gonna put you through deliverance mm -hmm. so then I remember he he lays his hand on me he's like peace in the name of Jesus and I'm just like and then I was like, what the heck was that? Like, I <laughs> had no idea because I was never introduced to deliverance until all of this, really. Right, mm -hmm. right. So then um, that following weekend, I went to Hase Antioch. We were all praying, and then he calls me up, and he starts praying for me. And then he's like, every spirit of suicide, every spirit of depression, um, every spirit of sexual immorality because— while having sex and all that, I was also masturbating and stuff. Mm. And so all of that. And I just remember I started to vomit. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, I, I didn't even know. I was like, I need a bucket. But someone had already had a bucket there. And I was like, <gasps> like, I had, I, it was just so new. But it was almost like my spirit knew what was happening. And so I remember it was about an hour. They're just like calling everything out. They're calling depression and security. Um, suicide, immorality, every soul tie, everything. Mm. And so that was one of many deliverance sessions that I've had. Wow. Yeah. Now, you recently got married. I did. And that in itself is a whole testimony. Could you take us a little bit of through that of, of the, the obstacles that you guys went through and, uh, you know, what you had to go through through that? Yeah, so when we got when we started dating, um, I actually met him at my ex's church. He slid into my DMs. <laughs> and so um, he was like, hey, I want to come to House Antioch. And so he started coming. And, and really quick, how, how long after the deliverance was this? So Like that first deliverance that session? That first deliverance was in 2018. And then I didn't meet my husband until the beginning, January 2020. Okay. Yeah. So then throughout all of 2019, I was actually going through another relationship. I was sexually immoral with that one. And then I kept going through deliverance because it just kept bringing old things back. Hmm. And so then 2020, I cut that old relationship off. And me and my husband, Joel, we started dating in uh, September of 2020. And then we also sent to, we also had sex and i was also leading worship so 
it just it brought a lot of issues because it was relationship back to back and then I was just not dealing with everything that I need to deal with so then because me and Joelle um, had fallen and I was leading worship I got sat down and so there and, and before before even the whole you know them sitting you down uh, how was it for you to be leading worship and then live in the say in this in this lifestyle can you just take us into your mindset of what you were experiencing as that was happening yeah it was horrible it was um the most practical way i could put it is like having someone forgive you every time only for you to hurt them over and over again and so it was like i would like repent and i would ask the lord to forgive me and then he would we would have like an amazing worship set like like holy spirit fell and like i would be going to new places with the lord during worship but then i would go home and then have sex so like it just it was really hard cuz almost every service one of the elders now he would have to pray for me and I would never tell anyone that I was sinning because I knew I was like, if they find out, I'm going to be sat down and I'm mm -hmm. tired of being sat down. Like, I'm tired of going through this. And so then I would always tell myself and tell Joel, I'm like, maybe we should just take a break. Maybe we should just stop, you know, chill out. But it was like my desires overcame me every single time. And I couldn't bear the thought of not being with him. And so then I compromised. And so. Throughout the week, I'd be having sex, and then on the weekends, I'd be leading worship. How did they find out? <laughs> One day, Joelle was actually sleeping over at my where I was renting, and then Prophet Jordan, he called Joelle. Well, he called me first, and I didn't answer, and I was like, <gasps> it's like 11, 12 at night. And I'm like, he doesn't call me, and I know when he calls me, it's because he picked something up in the spirit. Hmm. And so then uh, he calls Joelle. I'm like, Joel, Joel, don't answer. Don't answer. And he's like, nah, I got to answer. So he answered. He's like, Jordan's like, where are you at? He's like, I'm at Elia's. He's like, should you be there? I'm like, no. And so then he's like, okay, we'll go on home. <laughs> but he was just being, you know, him. So then he texts both of us. He's like, I would like to have a meeting with both of you. And that was a Saturday night. I had to leave worship on Sunday. Mm. So then Sunday... I have the meeting with him, and then he's like, you need to restore, get restoration. He's like, you're not leading today. And then he's like, you won't be leading for a while. And so mm. that was horrible. What was that process like, of that process of restoration for you? It was hard in every sense because I still wanted to be with Joelle, and I knew I was like, but I still I need to heal. Like I need to get myself together. Like the reason why I'm stuck is because I keep falling in the same cycle. And then it'd be hard to show up every Sunday, and I had to sit in the front row. Like I didn't have a choice. I was told to sit in the front row, and I saw other people lead, but it wasn't the same. It was very hard. But I started reading my word again, and I started like worshiping on my own. And so I started healing was in therapy and everything just in that process I started becoming myself again but then it came to a place where I was asked to start singing background but I, I only knew leading 
And so I was like, this is very uncomfortable. And then I didn't want to do that because it wasn't what I knew. And so when I would get good and healed and restored in one area, I would always be stretched and challenged in another. And then I would just feel like I'm at like the first place, like I would start all over again. Hmm. So, yeah, it was very challenging. So how did you guys get to to marriage? What did that what did that look like? Um, so we started dating. We both got confirmation. I asked the Lord for 10 confirmation because I just wanted to be sure. Um, and he got his. And so then we just talked about getting married and just, you know, doing it right. And so he proposed in July, on July 17th. And then we were still sinning. And we planned on having a wedding in December. But because we were sinning, we wanted to do it right. And and I was starting to get back into kind of like leading worship or like at least getting myself back into that place. And so then we asked the Lord, like, hey, can we get, like, if there's any other date, can we get married? And so we both got August. And then we ended up just choosing a date, August 19th, which was a month later after getting engaged. So we did that to honor God and to just honor ourselves. Like, you know, we don't need to be like this anymore. We've got to pass through this cycle. But then after, approximately like three weeks after we got married, you know, we were just hanging out. And all of a sudden, like, I just got super triggered from everything that I thought I got delivered from, from my dad leaving us from the molestation. And I was almost raped, too, by a guy who I thought was my friend. And so all of that got brought up. And I had to, Joel walked me through, like, a prayer where, like, I just had to forgive myself. Like, that stuff wasn't my fault. I didn't set myself up to do that stuff. But... Then, like, that happened. That was a Saturday. Then Sunday, we had a service, and, you know, Holy Spirit just came on me, and I was praying with my spiritual mother, and then I went through deliverance all over again for forgiving my dad for leaving us and and the rape and everything, and even forgiving my ex for leaving me without letting me know why. Hmm. Where are you at today? Today, I am leading worship again. Me and Joel are constantly like kind of just getting the groove, meshing our lives together. But it's also challenging because after being in sin for so long, it's so weird to say, but it's uncomfortable not being in sin, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. now it's like I have nothing to stop me from getting to the Lord. But because I've been so stuck for so long, it's still like unraveling week to week, month to month, like kind of just getting to where I'm at today. Yeah. What do you feel the Lord wants to do through you in these upcoming years? Really just to restore myself. And then with that, helping restore others. I know one of the things that the Lord has called to is even my own family. And so just kind of being in a place where I've been healed and restored. And now I have to watch my you know, my family go through what I had to go through. It's just kind of painful, but also, you know, very sweet because the Lord's been gracious to do it in me, so I know He's going to do it in them. Also, just obeying, like I know I have to go to school. I eventually plan to get my Ph.D. in clinical psychology and then opening my own residential facility because my heart really is for 
kids in broken families and addicted to anything and everything because I've been around it and I know what it's like to be addicted to something. Mm. Elio, why, why do you choose to follow Jesus Christ? I guess I've experienced him so much that I can't. It would be foolish of me to just walk away mm. from everything I've experienced and everything that I've, fe- I've felt and I've seen. And just learning more about him, I just fall in love with him like if he's, you know, human, like mm. if he's Joel, you know. Um, so I just choose him. But it is hard to choose him every day, if I'm honest. Like, you know, even this week, just I was, he would be like, come and pray, come and spend time with me. I'm like, no. Mm. But um, it's just, it's a breath itself. Yeah. What can you say Jesus has done in your life? Uh, he's done so much to the point where he provides for me. Like even just looking back, I'm the first in my family to get my own apartment, like mm. on my own. Got myself a car. I didn't stay stuck and bound to my old life. I'm not depressed anymore. Mm. Um, I just see life in a different way. And it wouldn't have been like that without him. What can you say to uh, women who may be in that same position that you were a couple of years ago before being married um, and maybe have gone through similar traumas as you? What can you say to those uh, young women or women watching? To have grace for yourself. There's just some things that are just out of your control. And the only thing you can do is kind of just be still and kind of just... Take a deep breath and step out and just spend time with the Lord. Develop that relationship, really. Because if I didn't develop, further develop my relationship with the Lord, I'd probably still be where I'm at, where I, where I was, oh, yeah. where I was, yeah, a couple of years ago, even last year. Yeah, or worse, too. Yeah. Yeah. What are some last words that you can offer up to anybody who's watching? It gets better. gets better but it's also your choice like I have to consistently choose myself and choose the Lord even when I feel like I don't want to it's reminding myself that I deserve this Hmm. because you know being a child of God is our inheritance so if you can't embrace that it's so hard to embrace everything else yeah so it's just embracing Every moment, all the growing pains, all the the hard parts, and just even the good moments, just embracing it and just loving every moment of your process. Because though it hurt for me, I can look back and just be grateful and say, like, it was for his glory. Like, and I, it has nothing about nothing to do about me, or, but more so what I can do for others because of what I've been through. Mm-hmm.